everyone, and welcome to a delightful edition of ARG Presents. I tried to make it work, but I couldn't pull it in. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who brings light to the darkness. I give you the beacon of truth, a.k.a. the Brent. Beep, beep. What does that mean? I'm driving my Daewoo back oh like back in the God. day. Listen, I will say Woo. the only way I'd heard uh, of Daewoo was because of you. Yes. And that plays into this week's uh, in festivities, because we spun the wheel and we made the deal, Britain, this week. We're going to be playing games on the BAM, Zemix, Daewoo, CPC, 51. <laughs> it's going to be quite a treat for everyone to meet our good friend, the Zemix. Now, yes. have you heard of the Zemix V CPC 51 before we strolled it last week. Clearly, you'd heard of it at least once. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I throw things on pieces all the time. Where did you get the idea for that one? (coughs) I don't know. I honestly don't remember making the piece. Uh, and it's been on the wheel for a while, so there you go. You're an idiot. But I do know all kinds of crap about Daewoo the company. We're going to get into it. Let me, let's me let talk about the console before we move into the huge company that runs it. Because Daewoo, they're kind of a big thing, aren't they, Brent? Well, were. Yes. Yeah, they were. Are they gone? You're kidding uh, me. Yeah, we'll talk about so, it. So this week, we are looking at the Daewoo Zemex V CPC 51 uh, the Daewoo is a computer. Oh, that's not true. That's I'm not true sure at that. all. It's a console that's based on a computer that it lives and breathes in Korea, South Korea. Yes. Now, I learned a few things this week about South Korea and about uh, the Daewoo Corporation, a bunch of other stuff. So, first off, uh, everyone's like the Daewoo Zemix V CPC 51. That's a mouthful, correct? Zemix is a term that Daewoo puts on every console they made. Yes. Okay. You know what it means? Uh, I, yeah, I, I remember I remember reading it, but I don't remember what it was. It means it's fun in <laughs> Korean. So this is the Daewoo It's Fun 5 CPC 51. Uh, well, no, that it's not 5. Well, v, the V is victory. That's true. You're right. It's V for victory. You're right. Good point. So it's the... It's the Daewoo It's Fun Victory CPC fifty one. And what does CPC stand for? I don't know. I couldn't find that out. <laughs> so uh, this thing I launched at a price of ninety six thousand. Uh, what is the Korean? Is it Wulongs or something? Their their currency over there. Uh, I looked it up, uh, and in eighty eight that would have been uh, eighty U S dollars or two hundred dollars today. So okay. it wasn't like mega expensive. It wasn't cheap. Yeah, it's about, probably, about the cheaper end for a console. Here's what I like, though. If you want to get the <clears throat> Daewoo Zemix with a joystick, that's going to cost you 109000 So that adds... Wait a minute. Yeah. I guess the cold stick. I don't know. That's what, that's what I read. It's got 64K memory, 16K video memory. It took cartridges. Yes. Uh, Brent. And it took extra connections, uh, including joysticks, mice, paddle controllers, etc., uh, in the joystick ports, and uh, ran on a uh, RF output slash composite video. So no, uh, nothing, nothing super fancy. No analog uh, and composite. Well, it's all. It came out of RF, so but, it was a sign of the times. Well, and really a slightly behind the times for eighty six. So let's talk about. So you're asking yourself, what is this thing? Well, I'm going to tell you. 
There's a computer in Japan. We've covered it uh, several times called the MSX, a series of computers that were incredibly popular in Japan. Well, I get some of this from Boat, who actually lived in Korea. Uh, Japan, if you you heard Boat talk, uh, a lot of Korean consoles are basically the Korean version of Japanese consoles because that Japanese Japan and Korea had an issue. Yeah. And uh, they Japan's stuff wasn't coming to Korea. And so someone at Daewoo thought, hey, we'd like a console. Bam, MSX. And they did one of my favorite things in all of uh, video games. They did what we've seen countless times on this show. They went and took a computer and just consoleized it. But I will give Daewoo credit. They weren't going to spend any extra time doing this. So what they did was, when you turn the uh, when you turn the Daewoo Zemix V CPC fifty one on, and you see you cut and you, there's nothing in the cartridge slot. It just comes up to a blank screen. You're like, I got nothing. Well, there's actually an MSX logo on this screen and some other yeah. stuff that would signify this is an MSX computer, but you can't see it. They've just got it all darked out, which I like. Uh, this thing is mostly MSX cartridge compatible, okay, mostly. And so you're asking yourself, what's that mean? Well, this is a 100% MSX hardware. It's close. But one thing it doesn't have that an MSX has is a keyboard. Yeah. And it has no way to attach a keyboard. And so any game that requires you to hit a button to start on the keyboard, you're boned. And as we'll get to it a little later, uh, and there are also other ways that you can be boned but there, if you need a key during the game. <laughs> so there's also that. So, yeah. And now, they originally, the word on the street is they planned to have a keyboard, uh, but it never happened. Uh, this was actually, a, a, turned out to be a fairly popular uh, unit over there. Uh, it's funny because originally the CPC-51 came out, and you've got two color options. You know how they love different colors. Yeah, yeah. You had the red and the black, all right? And then all of a sudden, here comes another wave, the CPC-51B, the CPC-51R, and the W. <laughs> the second wave offered black, blue, and yellow. The third wave was, or the next wave was red and black, and the final wave was white and gray. And so the letters at the end of the name represents the colors after the CPC-51. Now, we didn't go into those, but it's the exact same console. Yeah. There were colors. Now, there are tons of these uh, CPCs. There's a 51, 61. Uh, there's, a, there's actually one before the one we played, the 50. There's a 120. There's a Neo, Neo Lite, CPC-330. And then there's the Superboy 120. All right. Now, you're asking yourself, what in God's name is all this stuff? Well, what all this stuff is are various versions of the MSX 1 and 2. Yes. Including one eventually that was a CD-based version. Now, the CD-based version is, oh, man, you talk about collectible. Holy smokes, is that thing super-duper collectible. Uh, but all these are actually difficult to find. I talked to Boat about this, and Boat actually turned me on to one of his buddies he talked to in Korea this week about this very thing. He was asking about the availability of the Zemix uh, V CPC-51, he said, there are hardly ever see them anymore. And the ones you do see are broken. And and one of the things Bo and me talked about is that, and Bo confirmed this big time, it's like in Korea, like nostalgic video game playing is not a thing. Like collecting retro systems, not a thing. Like no one cares about that stuff over there. So coincidentally, older systems just basically get trashed. Yeah. And so a lot of these machines uh, eventually uh, are gone. 
Uh, Zemix also uh, did some software. So there were, of course, we mentioned that the Zemix will play cartridges. It will play cartridges from MSX, but it also had its own Zemix-based cartridges. All right, and uh, other companies made cartridges for this thing as well. A big one was Zamina, but there were also there was a bunch more that made them. Now the funny thing about these are tons of, in Korea. It's basically at the time, especially, it was like hidden pirate island. <laughs> it really right? was. Yeah, like, there were no laws, and so they would just take existing <clears throat> titles. Like there's a Mario knockoff for this. Yep. There's all kinds Super of Boy. clones and piracy on this on the Zemix machines. That was just part of the fun. Uh, even sometimes, uh, uh, I heard a story where Konami was doing something with Zemix, and at the same exact time they were working with Zemix uh, or Zemino on a, a software, they were also having their own crap bootleg by the same company. And they knew it. They still did it. Yeah. That's, the way, that's how things operated uh, over there. Uh, lastly, before I turn it over to Brent, I found out that uh, despite the fact that Stodge is not a big deal in Korea, they have just recently released... A Zemix uh, VCPC51 Mini, if you can believe this. Yeah, yeah, I'll It's a saw mini that. version of the console, and it plays a, a bunch of games. I read a couple places that they limited the distribution of this thing to 500 for the whole country. Wow. And I saw two on eBay, by the way. And boy, did I want to buy them. But they were, it was going to cost yeah, me 300 yeah, bucks. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. So I always thought, getting back to the con- the company of Daewoo, I always thought they, I only knew them for making cars, but they made tons of other stuff, didn't they? What, what do you got? Well, I, I owned a Daewoo vehicle. Yeah. It was, it was the first car I ever bought with my own money. Yeah. And, uh, uh, way back when, gosh, I can't remember what it was. It was white. Wasn't yeah, it, it was yeah. white. It was a white hatchback. I bought it at the time. I bought it for nine thousand yeah. dollars. I had it paid off because I was living at home, um, working my first job at Dow. So this was this has been twenty twenty some years ago. Yeah, uh, I was working at home, so I could just make outlandish car payments every month. Paid it off in nine months, right? Had it for a while. Realized something about the Daewoo vehicle. It, it's it's first of all, it was never made to drive in the West Virginia mountains because that thing struggled at all turns. Uh, however, we had some fun adventures in that little car. If you remember when we drove to now, this is a hatchback with Aaron and I in it. It <laughs> we filled up the car before we ever got out of the driveway, <coughs> and then we drove to what's it? Where do we go to get that thing? Louisville, Kentucky, and picked up a pinball machine. It was a it was a cocktail. It was a cocktail pinball machine. Star battle. And and the guy when we picked it up, we bought it from him. First of all, wouldn't let Aaron use the bathroom. Yeah, what a jerk! I traveled like a thousand hours. He wouldn't let me use his restroom. That was funny. But he was like, "You're never going to get that in that vehicle." He kept saying it as we, without even looking at him, walked in, grabbed it. Walked through the driveway and put it in the vehicle. <laughs> wedged. We wedged it in the vehicle. I wish we had pictures of that. Yeah. It looked like the day it was birthing the pinball machine. <laughs> it did. It really did. And then we drove, you know, two, 300 some odd miles back home with this pinball machine hanging out the back. Yeah, that that we had many adventures uh, getting picking up pinball <clears throat> machines and stuff. But the day was to be its credit, it took all that weight and got us home. It did, it did. And then I, I sold it to my aunt, who 
put it into a bus. Uh, both her and the bus were fine. How the Daewoo, however, was not. Um, so that's what I knew Daewoo as, car company, which they were. <clears throat> but Daewoo is a deep company. There's De- Daewoo Electronics. There's Daewoo Electronic Components. Daewoo uh, Motors, of course. Daewoo Buses. They make Daewoo Buses. Precision Instruments. Textiles. Heavy Industry Equipment, like Earth Movers, that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, shipbuilding. Securities. Telecom. Uh, uh, and and they're, they're all over the place. One of their biggest... Uh, uh, sell to point was the Middle East. Mm. Um, so Daewoo ran into some problems and uh, with their, their main man being incredibly crooked, stealing billions of, of dollars yeah. from the company and basically bankrupted it. <clears throat> really? So they're no longer around? Well, we'll get there. Oh, um, they, uh, uh, they sold the company and uh, to an Iranian outfit for $550 million. And the Iranian people put down a $50 million, like, we're going to buy this, you know, down payment. Yeah. And uh, they were late on their next down payment. And they came back and they said, listen, you know, we've thought about this for a little bit. We were bidding against this Swedish company who also wanted to buy Daewoo. We want to kind of, before we give you the next payment, we're wanting to know if we can kind of work on this price a little bit. Uh, so Do- Daewoo said, no. In fact, we're cutting off the sales, and thank you for the money. So they just took the $50 million and were like, were like screw you. They were like, Daewoo. <laughs> and walked out the door. So I like this that. battle in the court, and they were like, okay, all right, fine. You're canceling the sales. Give us our money back. And they were like, no. They're like, you, we didn't cancel the sale. You canceled the sale. They're like, no, we didn't. They're like, uh huh. So this went uh, through the Korean courts for uh, decades, right? Yeah. And the Korean courts were like, yeah, you've got to give the money back. Oh. And they were like, nah, we're taking this to the international courts. So they oh. took it to the international courts. The international courts were like, why are you here? Give the money back. So they were like, oh, no. Huge, huge hit for the company. They had to give back all that money. It was like six, at that point, it was like $608 million. But here's what happened to Daewoo. So corrupt CEO actually fled the country, took billions of dollars with him, yeah. uh, eventually came back to Korea, was, a, was instantly arrested because he was so corrupt. Uh, and Daewoo split into tons of these little entities. Daewoo Electronics, which is who released the Zenmax, actually is still producing things today. They so they are one of the few that survived. Them, uh, the the ship building arm and the bus building arm are by far the most successful remaining Daewoo things. And Daewoo wasn't a small company. Daewoo was the second largest employer in South Korea. Mm. So these were huge, huge entities, uh, which is why they didn't just go away, even though they filed bankruptcy. They they retooled and whatnot. So uh, Daewoo Electronics is now known as Wintai Electronics. W-I-N-I-A. Winia. 
<coughs> not pronounceable by uh, little old me, uh, but they they kind of bought themselves out, and then a company bought them. But they are at their core still the uh, Daewoo Electronics salespeople uh, who do sales, and they do sales all over the world today. So it's they are still sort of around. The big question is: Did your Daewoo hit a Daewoo bus? No, I, you I know, that is a good question, that's the, that's and it is out. possible, uh, although most of their buses is, are sold in, like, India, well, there you so go. probably not. Very good. Good stuff there, the brand. You went into a little research. I like it. With all that said, it was our duty and pleasure to pick a couple games from the Zemix yes. uh, CPC51. Victory. I'm sorry, I forgot the V. V51. Victory. Now, here was our, we made our own house rule. And the house rule was pick a game that actually was released as a Zemix cartridge. Okay. Right? Yeah. And we both yeah. did that. And so, which I think's fair. Because again, this would play your CPC game. Yes. Something that was- yeah, you could just get a, a uh, uh, MSX game. Any, almost any game, like now, you said. Now, since you went to all the trouble to do all that research on Daywood, I'm going to reward you this week. Would you like to start the dance or close the dance? No, I'll go first. You will go first. Yeah, because I think you have the more uh, compelling title. Tell us what you're uh, what you're into this week. Uh, I went and did a little heavy boxing. Did you heavy boxing? Yeah, yeah. and uh, 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 that's the title, yeah. by the way. Heavy, <laughs> heavy boxing. Heavy boxing. Um. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see how you're going to approach this. So get right, go ahead. Uh, I'll tell you what drew me to heavy boxing. Okay. <laughs> I was, Desperation? No, I was flipping through these auctions, and there was a puzzle game I was really going to do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, but look, it's Mike Tyson. Yeah. It's Mike Tyson. On a bo- Is this going to be like a punch out type game? Because yeah. I had looked at Superboy. Which Superboy is the 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 Zemix absolute near carbon copy of Mario Brothers, Super Mario yeah, Brothers. Yeah, it looks good. So that's I, not on this system. So I thought heavy boxing, maybe that's like this system's punch out. Right. And then I, <laughs> I looked at the I looked at screenshots. I was like, oh. Oh no, no! This is not like Punch Out. Oh. This is not like Punch Out at all. This is more like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It is. It looks like the the colors. <laughs> it does. So I just jumped into it. And I said, "You know what? Screw it. We're doing it." Mike Tyson's heavy boxing. Although I guarantee Mike Tyson had no idea his picture was on this box. No, none. And if you flip it over. It's it's a a a uh, advertisement uh, for just how laboratories in general. Yeah, they had a lot of just uh, uh, generic box backs because they didn't have any pictures of the game or anything like yeah. that. Their boxes stink. <laughs> they did. They did. Uh, and how laboratories is who made this game? Yeah, they're um, a real company. Like, yeah, what happened? Yeah, and they still make games today. I know, but I mean, I played their good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what is heavy boxing? Heavy boxing. When you start it up, you you are are given the, the the title screen, heavy boxing, and a selection between one player or two players. And when you, and if you sit there long enough, it will go into a demo mode. Oh, we really? all like demo modes, right? I like demos. 
So when you choose player one, then you get to choose, you know, nothing else. The That's game it. starts immediately. There are no options, none. You are just in the action. Yeah. You are Boxer Blue, so known because you're the blue boxer, yeah. fighting Boxer Red, who is the red boxer. Yeah. And <clears throat> you are uh, uh, given one button yeah. that allows you to punch, and if you hold down and hit your button, you will curl up into a small ball, which they call blocking. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Are you going to mention that these are women? Well, I don't think they're supposed no, they to. They look exactly like I, women. I, I agree. You know what? You ever read the family circus? It looks like the mom. It's, it looks like two of her. I do agree. These look just like women. If these are not men, I can tell you right now. I, I do these agree. These are women with a fun bomb. No. No, no, I do agree. They do look like women, but they are supposed to be men. How do you know? Uh, well, Mike Tyson's on the box. Yeah, but neither one of these people look anything like him. <laughs> well, you know, if you squint really hard, you, no. might, you can see him in the crowd. Um, highlights of heavy boxing. Yeah. Um, I gotta hear this. The crowd's animated. Yeah, it looks like they're all giving the hail sign repeatedly. I don't think that's what they're that's doing. That's exactly what they're, it looks like. They're cheering. Yeah. They're cheering on their favorite blue or red. of some sort. <laughs> blue or red boxer. Look at uh, them. Look at what they're doing. This, I've never been to a crowd like that. This, you are you are treated with a uh, uh, perspective that's the... Isometric. Yeah. The ring is isometric. Okay. Your boxers, however, are 2D flat sprites yeah. that are not isometric. You don't move in an isometric way. No. Uh, the ring takes up the majority of the middle of the screen, and your sprites for the boxers are huge. Yeah. They are massive. They uh, uh, take up a good third of the ring all by themselves. Okay, maybe a fourth of the ring all by themselves. Uh, I've seen rings this small in real life. <laughs> well, I, they used to have one in Huntington, and it was super tiny. So, I mean, it, this, there's a precedent here. You tower over the ropes, yeah. right? Like, if you, you know how the big men in wrestling will, will step over the top yeah. rope? Both boxers could do that without any problem. Yeah, they're tall brides. Um, they're not women. They are absolutely women. They're not women. And when they fall down, they even fall and lay down like women. I, what Look, does that mean? With their legs curved in, in a seductive way no, and, and put, pressed together. That's sure, a woman. I'm pretty sure that's brain damage. No, it's not. Yes, that's brain damage. So, <clears throat> you you... Uh, control your boxer. You move in. You like I said, you can hold down and hit the button to do a block. And you also have uh, 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 different strikes. You can punch down towards the body, or you can punch up towards the head. And you actually swing with both arms. Yeah. You have no control over any of this. Yeah. You literally, when you hit the button, your boxer will randomly choose whether to strike high or low, left or that. right. Yeah, because I tried to memorize the various moves. I, I, I ended up getting the style, but like, my God, I, it was like, I'd hit the button, one thing would happen, I hit it against something else, I'd hit a joystick. <laughs> so I had, there was no rhyme or reason to what was happening. Yeah, so... <laughs> Oh, heavy boxing. Um, you are given a tremendous amount of health, and so is your opponent. Yeah. It's not like you're going to go in there and knock someone out in in one 
round. That's yeah. not going to happen. However, uh, uh, you can be knocked down in like one punch. Yeah. Well, no, one punch. I have walked up to my opponent. Right, but it depends on how. It, yes, there's a, but there's a, there's a reason for that. So clearly, I got into this more than you. No, I won't know. You just need to know that uh, there is no TKO, TKO rule. No, there's not. You can go down six, seven, nine, twelve times in a round. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the when a round ends because a round has a, a three minute time limit and it actually counts. The number of punches that you land in a round. Yeah, it's which got is the, it's got the stat, the box boxing stat meter thing, like yeah, the TV. L- a little punch count, a landed I've punch count. I've never seen that before. If I'm pretty honest. neat, yeah. pretty neat, pretty ni- nice addition to the game. Um, when the round ends, yeah, both people will go to their corners, yeah. sort of. I want to hear an explanation <laughs> for this part. And you get health back. Oh, you get some health back, and the computer cranks its health up like it's like. It, it, <laughs> It has a be- frustrating. It, it has a better trainer than you do. There's Clearly no question. It's a better condition than you are too. <laughs> Every time you throw a punch, you lose a little bit of energy. Yeah. Every time you get hit, you lose a little bit of energy. And really, punching a lot will lose as much energy as getting hit. <laughs> so, it is strange. But if you don't punch a lot, you'll never win. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron, what was your strategy? For, for conquering heavy boxing. Well, listen, I played exactly one game of this. You only played one well, game? I only needed one. And it was a 12-round violent <laughs> war. Okay? Let me tell you about this game. You know, you ever seen Rocky? You know? This makes Rocky look like, uh, look like boxing training at the kindergarten. All right? These women are out for blood. There's no standing eight count. There's no three knockdown rule. And there's no doctor anywhere near the building. (laughs) And these women pummel each other into bloody pulps. All right. They're beat down. The energy barness is pretty large. All right. And I exhausted it pretty quick. Just trying to throw random punches the first couple rounds. Right. And get knocked down. I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. So I'd get up. I'd go over, and what I, I had a strategy, when I started to get pumped, when I would pull, I'd come down the screen. Yes. And then when the chick would come to follow me, and I'd start whapping her in the yes. face, right? Yeah. So by the, by, the, by the eighth round, the tables had turned, and I was beating the tar out of this broad. I had one round where I knocked the computer down six times. They always get up at seven or below. <laughs> they, I never see it go past seven. And I mean, it's impossible for this chick to get up. It's impossible. I beat the tar out of her. She kept getting up like a robot or something. This was like that episode of the Twilight Zone where they fought the robots. Maybe it's like that. These chicks are tough. I wouldn't want to not beat them in a dark alley. But, I, so I thought to myself, this could be an eight round or a 10 round or 12 round or a 15 rounder. So by the 10th round, I was getting tired because I was like, man, this is a long fight. These fights go on for a while. Yeah. But you can watch that punch count. And by the end, I would be scoring like, I'd get like 30, 40 punches in a round the computer to get like eight, 10. Yeah. I mean, I was pummeling this yeah. thing. Yeah. And by the 12th round, I thought, I'm taking this chick out. And I pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. But we went to the time limit and I was declared the winner. And at the end of the sh- fight, it says, it winner in the screen flash. I don't know if you got to this. And did you ever win? Hey, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. And then, and then it's it's it instantly goes back <laughs> yes, to the main screen. Yes, it does. So I was it was very I was trying to get my camera out. I was like, I gotta get a picture, but I, I ran out of time. I couldn't get one. 
You know, but I mean, I did beat the computer. So you won by decision this in 12 was a rounds. War. And I mean, I'm telling you, if you saw a fight like this in real life, this is like, uh, this is like something you see like in the, in the 20s where they are like the teens where they go out and they bare knuckle fight for like 170 yeah. rounds. Yeah. That's what this was. Yeah. This was a war. And this, when this booted up, I thought, man, Brent's an idiot. And I, and I still think that. But. And by the way, I would never want to play this a lot, but this was something. I'm not going to lie to you. Between the punch, with two players, you might have something here. It might sort of be fun. It's so random and generic, but the punch count's fun, and the fact that these there is no rule. This is what boxing is in South Korea. Just a per- endless rounds of pain, I guess. I... Reluctantly enjoyed this yeah. in a weird way. So, That's all I can say about it. So when I first loaded this up, I got KO'd in the third round. You got knocked out. Yes, because I just I was just, just yeah. punch, 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 and it, it basically drained my health to nothing. And the computer went in. I was like, ting. Yeah. And I was I was uh, cold. Yeah. The computer I was can like, get on this, or roll. I was too. like, man. I want to know what happens when you win. Yeah. So I fired it back up. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and. It took me eight, eight grueling rounds, and the computer and yourself can be saved by the bell. Oh, yeah. Often. It was like six, seven, eight, not ding, ding, ding. It's like, yeah. no. And, and that's in every round. Yeah. <laughs> Even the 60s, the rules were tighter than this in America. So, so I eventually did KO my opponent oh, in the eighth nice. round. Yeah, What's it that was like. I mean, yeah. I've never seen the number nine come on the screen. <laughs> it, it, it says KO and flashes blue because yeah. you're I'm playing the blue boxer, yeah. and, uh, and then it went straight back to the title. Oh, screen. So we know two things here. We know three things. You can be knocked out. You can win by knockout, or you can go to a decision. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, my strategy for this game was as soon as the round started, I was holding right. To get as far into the ring as humanly yeah, possible. Because they'll put you up against the ropes, yeah. Yes. And, and you can't get out unless you move down and try to move or angle a little bit. Because every time you land a blow or a blow is landed against you, the the person receiving the blow is knocked back. And yeah. they're knocked back. It's not a ton, but it's enough that it, once you get are against the ropes, yeah. uh, you can start getting pummeled. And you can actually go in there and just... Man, it was so ridiculously satisfying having the computer pushed up against the ropes and just teeing off just seven, eight, nine blows in a row. And then the round would end. I'd be like, ah! Or they would... And what was incredibly frustrating is if you push them all the way against the ropes, you finally get them up into their corner where you can start doing some damage. And you hit them once, and they go down. Yeah. Because then you have to retreat to the neutral corner, yeah, and, you have to and go it starts the count, yeah. and then you have to... It's a struggle all the way up again. So, is this game horrible and bad? Yes. I mean, yes, it is, okay? It, it is. But it is somewhat incredibly fun. You know, the one time, and they're in the fight, and I'm like you, you get because that computer bullies you. Oh, yes. Right? Incredibly and aggressive. So it's, what's fun is, though, is like you start stringing punches together, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, take that, sucker. Yes. <laughs> but one time, I did this thing. I don't know how I did it, but I ducked or dodged at the exact right second. The computer missed a punch, and I came back with a big vicious shot. It was quite satisfying. I don't know how I did it. 
<laughs> because again, the controls are. I looked for. Uh, you're gonna laugh, but I looked for documentation. I looked for a manual as well, and so I'm guessing one doesn't exist. And I don't know if the real name of this is heavy boxing or God knows what it is. Well, this this was released uh, across all the MXS platforms. This was in was it uh, called heavy boxing in every version? Yes, it was Why heavy boxing. I don't know. I guess heavy weight. I don't know. I don't know. But this was had a, a, a advertisement. This was advertised in three times in M- MSX Magazine. It had two news articles about it in MSX Magazine. Yeah, there can't be that many fighting games where the two women square off. And there was one review for the game yeah. in, the, in the magazine. And then one much, much later, for some reason, they reviewed this in 93 in one what? of the MSX Magazines. 10-year anniversary. Um. But this game got tremendous hype. It had to have a push behind it because it had so many magazine advertisements. Anything on ICO or Koji? No. Guys that made it? No. No. Nothing. Nothing nothing to be found. That is their real name. That's it. Um, So, in the end, is this a good boxing game? No. Is this uh, uh, going to replace... Uh, you know, something like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, no. or even like Ring King. Uh, no, this is more like Atari. Boxing. This is like Atari yeah. boxing, but for some reason, tremendously, I really enjoyed playing this. I'm not going to go play it again. No, I've accomplished everything I yes. want to accomplish with it. But for the 15, 20 minutes I spent in the in my fight, my I, the the one I won, I had fun. I was excited when I'd get them in the corner. I was ticked off when I got knocked down. There was probably 30 knockdowns in the fight that I yeah. won. It was ridiculous. It was fun to <coughs> pretend that this was a real fight between two chicks. You know, one of the well, all-time... I didn't, I didn't think it was two chicks. One of the chicks. all-time great lady fighters is from West Virginia, believe it or not. And uh, and so I've seen many lady fights. But bo- ladies boxing has fallen out of favor. It's all like ladies MMA. It's no one really does. You don't see it much anymore. There's a little few of them. But I like the idea... Of in my mind, this vicious, like no holds bar, no athletic commission, <laughs> death battle between the two toughest broads to ever get in a boxing ring. And so on that on that level, I did enjoy it. So I, I mean I had a different viewpoint than that, but I also enjoyed it. I think this is this is worth giving ten minutes of your time. Oh yeah. Uh Aaron, do we have any Discord reviews while I announce the incredible price tag this game demands one thousand dollars. Yeah, what? and this game for the Zimex can be yours. Holy cow! Yeah, the Zimex, the stuff isn't cheap, it is crazy expensive. You're gonna be amazed at this, but we actually had two reviews on this. I can't believe it. Uh, first off, our good buddy Pajaco 6502 writes. Not a full review as I've had like 20 minutes with this, but I'm, did I miss That's something? That's enough. <laughs> the boxer punches in a sequence of down, mid, up, etc. So I didn't really have any control over my punches. Mm-mm. I felt I had to queue up my next punch. I needed to add hope I could strike at the right moment. Yep. <laughs> I can duck and move very slowly around the ring. But honestly, the moving summon 2.5D didn't really add anything to the game. The whole thing played like a typed-in basic program. 
I tried out Konami boxing, and that game was way better. Oh no, no, you know, the shirts. <laughs> It's this, is this just a bad game, or is there something about it that would make it worth another look? No, there's not. That was a nope, game. that's it. Oh, man. I'm, 20 minutes is is all you need to spend with this game to get what you're going to get out of it. Our own John Bodokar Schaller also stuck in a review here. All right. Heavy Boxing has some things going for it. I appreciate the scoring at the top of the screen, yep. something you almost never see in a boxing video game. That's very true. The crowd makes an attempt to be animated, <laughs> much like the crowd at a Milton wrestling event. That's also very <laughs> accurate. But apart from that, there's little to recommend uh, in this game. The boxers move glacially around the ring. <laughs> they're, they're... You have no control over the direction of your punches, and aside from the belt, of the bell, there is no audio until Nintendo. Oh no, that's not true. There's music. Well, yes, there is a. Well, yeah, there is a. Competing, it's a repeating it's a repeating, tune. Like six notes. Yeah. Until Nintendo cracked <laughs> the code with Punch Out, boxing games were almost universally disappointing, and heavy boxing is no exception. Burial for for just to put out the facts there. There is a looping soundtrack while you play. And the best part well, I about call it, it a soundtrack. Well, it's more like a doorbell. <laughs> That's basically the length of it. Uh, to be fair, though, it it has this an awesome fade in and fade out effect when the round begins and ends. I appreciate it, um, and uh, uh, it never got on my nerves because I really only paid attention to it when it it's, it is not real it loud. Went up, you know, it tuned up. Yeah. when the round started. To kind of get you into it, and then it kind of fades in the background, and then you're uh, locked into the action. Well, so, listen, action. It was an in- it was an interesting pick. When you first, by the way, you were late getting your pick in this week. A little late, a little and late. So I thought to myself, Brent's really struggling because he's lazy and dumb. But when I looked at your game, <laughs> I thought you're lazy, and dumb, and you're also a glutton for punishment. <laughs> And you also don't like me. So, but I mean, I, overall, I made the best out of a, what I would consider a, a bad situation. Did you enjoy playing it? I did. Uh, bam. I there played you one go. 12 round. By the way, that's all you need to play. You play this one time, then you're out. Yeah. Can you imagine dropping a, lo- a grand on no. this, taking it home? Look what I got, kids. No. For our Daewoo <laughs> Chemix 5 CPC 1. Not 5, V. <laughs> v, sorry. All right. So let's switch gears. All right. Shall we? I actually picked a, a game that I thought looked pretty cool. And so they had a cool name, too. So you know how I like to do it. The game I picked was King's Valley. Yeah. Pretty good it name. It is a good name. Published and developed by, you may have heard of this company. It's a little company called BAM, Konami. Konami. Yeah, about as big as, about as, big as Hal. They're bigger than Hal. Konami? Are you kidding me? Um, Hal Laboratories is pretty big. Aaron. in uh, 1985. Now, we'll get into the multiple platforms you can play this on, but originally, this was released uh, on the MSX, and, uh, of course, it got its own cartridge on this system. And, believe it or not, there was a bizarre, little-known official port of this that goes for DOS, which I actually played, by the way. But, I mean, it's it, good luck ever seeing it. Like, yeah. You'll never see it. Um, the uh, uh, King's Valley is an unusual game. So Konami heavily uh, supported the MSX. Yeah. We should put into perspective since this system is basically MSX based. All right. Uh, the Zemix is a is a is a computer without a keyboard, and the MSX was 
the number one king dong of computers at that era in Japan. Yes. There was, I mean, it was, and the whole series of MSX machines were super popular. Yeah. This wasn't like, uh, uh, like a Coco or no, something. No, I mean, no. This thing was, this this was, thing was all, big news. this was a big deal. Big news, And yeah. so uh, all the big companies <clears throat> came to town. All the arcade ports came to MSX. Yeah. They got everything. And so they also had first places like Konami. Here's Konami releasing a title that didn't even, and this is 85, mind you, and they're releasing an exclusive home title. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's that's something to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's said, I read this a couple places, I can't vouch for this, but it's sort of the same, that Kings Valley is the spiritual successor to the arcade game Tutankhamen. Absolutely, 100%. It has some similarities yes, to it. It has the exact the same. Is, 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 yeah. is the same, but there's there are differences. Oh, yeah. It's not nearly uh, as good. So, what is Kings Valley? Kings Valley, a platform game uh, where you play an explorer uh, that is going through basically a, uh, an air. Let's assume it's a pyramid, but it's, it's some sort of underground a layer tomb. or what? Yeah, a tomb. tomb. And your goal is to get all, is to get all the jewels get, yeah. and, and progress through the pyramid. Rob the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, listen, we, don't, are know, not, we you're, don't know the backstory here. Yeah. Maybe the mummy stole well, his well, stuff. Let me tell you something. This guy's not collecting this stuff to put in a museum. You don't know that. I Plus, do. Wait, these could be bowling balls, for yeah. all we know. Um, <laughs> Shiny gym-based bowling balls. In this game, again, you play the uh, uh, Pith Helmet-wearing explorer as he runs through uh, the mummy's tomb. Collecting all the various uh, bowling balls or gems. When he collects all the gems, uh, a door truly, truly, truly at, outrageous. At least one door will open, and so, well, sometimes more. We'll get into that. And when that happens, he can leave and go to the next level. And then there's a little like uh, intermission time where it shows you a map of the pyramids and yeah. where you're like where you're at and where you're going. An oddity in this game, just to throw it in here, is that. Occasionally, you'll open up two doors, and you're like, "Well, that's interesting." I'll just go to the door close to me. That will take you back to the old place you were. You'll go backwards. The funny thing is, when you go backwards, the door's still there. So you just hop back in and leave. Now, I read a lot of people that thought this was dumb and didn't make any sense, and they're they're sort of right, but it does make it seem like uh, you're in some sort of long connected thing as opposed to just having stages. Yeah, like, yeah. If, that, if you're trying to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, I'll there. buy that. So you're you're going through and collecting these gems, uh, but you just don't roll through this game. There, you got a couple bad guys on your tail, right? And they're in the form of these mummies. They're different colored mummies. The funny thing is the mummies are sort of like uh, the Pac-Man ghosts. One mummy is on you, and then one uh, one of the mummies just lingers around. There's several mummies in yeah. here. Like the white mummy, he's an idiot. He just kind of walks around. Yeah. The blue mummy is one more aggressive. Uh, you're going to be going up and down staircases in this. One thing you have to get used to is the controls. The controls are pretty standard, up, down, left, right. But on the staircase, you have to hold. It's a lot like Shay's Maxim. You have to hold diagonal yeah. in the direction you're going. Yeah, yeah, it tricks you the first it time, does. but it's easy to I get know, used I fell to. for it more than once. Oh, okay. But, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> some levels of this game are multi-screenier. So yeah. you'll, you'll leave one side of the screen and go to the other. Not all like that, mm -mm. but there are some like that. It's yes. kind of jarring at first. You don't expect it. Uh, I didn't realize it at first, yeah. Oh, yeah, because then the level doesn't end, and you wonder what happened. Yeah. 
along the way at the beginning especially you're going to come across these like looks like a, a cross in the ground but what those are actually are daggers and swords that are stuck in the ground you can pick these up and you throw them at the mummy the mummy will explode but he'll be back he'll be in fact he beams back in the exact same spot after about five seconds the good thing is the swords or the daggers when you use them they basically reappear. They just hit the wall or wherever they struck, and they just start. They're in the ground. So, yeah, they bounce up in the air yeah, and then back they, to the ground. So then you, you can use them multiple times. You can't. You can only hit one mummy at a time. You can't have like a great shot when they're both in a row. No, and two. no, they work that way. Hits the target and stops. Uh, the stairs. The mummies can go up down the stairs, and when they hit the stairs, brother, they hit the stairs <laughs> running. That's when the mummies are at their best. They can move. They move. Their yeah, mummy butts up and down these stairs. You'll also encounter uh, one-way doors, you know, that 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 will get you in and out of places. And then the big thing is, and so all this sounds pretty standard, but you've also got the pickaxes. And the pickaxes are what make this title go up and kick it up a notch because they add a little load runner to the festivities. I was thinking more Bagman, but I, I get it. Well... Bagman, you didn't you didn't put holes in the ground. Did you, you put holes in the wall. That's not the same. All I right. wish you could do that in this game. It made it a lot easier. <laughs> so uh, when you get on some of the levels, the gems are are underneath bricks. Okay, so let me explain how this works. When when you're running around with your pith helmet, you're holding nothing. Then you can jump with the button. Yes. Right? If you run around holding the knife. When you hit the button, you'll throw the knife. You won't jump, and you can't jump while you're holding the knife. Correct. If you're and, and if you're holding the pickaxe, you also can't jump, and you also can't pick up anything else. Correct. Except, so you've got to use what you've got in your hands. Yeah, you can always pick up gems. You can they always just, pick up gems. They go into your mystery right. inventory. They so just go what away. What does this mean? Well, that means uh, if you've got an area where you've got to dig into the ground, all right, that means you've got to find. Not only do you have to grab the pickaxe. Get to the point where you're going to dig, and you dig straight down. By the way, uh, when you get there, you've got to make sure you can get there. Which means if you've made any other holes and it screws you, you can be you can you can hose yourself. Absolutely. A lot of the gems, they're not just like oh, I'll just dig this hole and hop in there and get it. That's not the way it works. You've got to dig an exit route. Yeah. As well, and that makes it a lot harder. So the strategy, you've got the strategy of of Getting the, the pickaxe, the strategy of avoiding the mummies to take the pickaxe where it needs to go, which means usually above where you ultimately need to go, so you can drop down to take the pickaxe and dig your way out. Right? It, it's it's a very uh, puzzly element to the game, but it doesn't even feel that puzzle. It's an this is the embodiment of an action puzzler. And the the pickaxe, something I didn't realize until the first time I did it. It will either dig down one or two squares. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I mean, ninety percent of the times you have yeah. to use it, you're actually digging down two squares. Yeah. And the problem is, uh, so let's say for example, you dig down two squares to go and get a gem. Well, you better have a way out of there or have another pickaxe, right? Because if you don't, you're stuck. Yeah. And and, and so here's where the funny thing about the Zimex V CPC fifty one comes into play. The Zimex does not have a keyboard. Yeah. This game requires you to effectively kill yourself if you get to a point where you can't Soft progress. lock yourself, yeah. And so you actually have to hit F2 to kill yourself. Well, you don't have an F2, so you're basically boned yeah. if that happens. Which is funny because this was released an official cartridge. Now, with that said, 
I don't have and could not find the ROM for the Zimex version of Kings Valley. Okay, I found the MSX version, but not the Zimex version. Yes. Okay, um, it's out there somewhere, but I couldn't find it. So it's possible that the Zimex version. I don't know what they would have done. Maybe programmed another button. To well, do the, the Zimex has two buttons. Right. I don't know, but I don't know if they did that or not. My, Correct. My gut says they didn't. My gut says they didn't bother because that's <laughs> hidden pirate island. That's why. Although Konami, uh, yeah, you, you don't know. Yeah, it's always possible. Yeah. It, it never knows. So if someone, if if you're listening to this or watching this <laughs> on YouTube and you know the answer to that or have a hold of one of these, I'd like to know because that would be interesting. Um. So the game has 15 levels, uh, Brent, on the original. Now the funny thing is, uh, this was this was also uh, going to be released as a disc title. Okay, of course that wouldn't the, the Zemix would not be involved in no, that, correct. but the MSX would. And the MSX the, the disc title is around. It has 60 version or 60 levels instead of 15, 60, which is a lot. Now get this, it gets better, right? So. Uh, you could uh, there's actually a version of this uh, that, I, that by the way you could also there's a Saturn Konami collection that actually features that on disc so you could actually play the 60 level version if you wanted to uh, on disc don't need those extra levels well I, yeah I was going <laughs> to ask you how far you got before I get into the more particulars <laughs> what did you think of this uh, title Brent is incredibly frustrating uh, some of the design some of the game design choices. I very much disagree with. For example, you can't put down the pickaxe. Yeah, you have, you to, use have to use it. And if you're in a position where you don't want to use it, screw you. You have to use it. Yeah. Um, soft locks are they're they're a hundred percent avoidable, but they also happen a lot. At least they happen a lot to be because I would need a pickaxe, or I would pick up a pickaxe too early be forced to waste it. I mean, the sword, you're forced to use it too, but you can just throw it, right? And then who cares? The, the You pick it up later if you need it. The pickaxe is forcing you to use them. Pain in the butt. I got nowhere in this game. I was stuck on level two for... Two? <laughs> for, I, I made it past level two, but I was stuck on level two <coughs> longer than I wanted to keep playing the game. So, uh, uh, I, I, I just, I didn't have fun. Uh, the zombie, the zombies, the mummies are jumpable in theory, but I maybe cleared, successfully jumped one one time. Did you have any luck? Oh, jump- I jumped them tons of times. No. no problem. No, it was a problem. Well, you had to know when you were doing it. Okay, I, I, let me get, let's get into the gameplay strategies here a little bit. All right. I got to believe level, I want to say <laughs> five, five or six. I don't believe you. Go ahead. It's true. I don't believe now, you. There were levels that were harder than others. You did that without safe states. Oh, no, I used safe states. Oh, so you them. cheated. Okay, Absolutely. now now I, I can I at least believe you. I further the game. Okay. Good grief. Because you have a limited number of you lives. You cheat all the time. I never cheat. You cheat all the time. I don't. Anyways, so I uh, I played this, and the, the hardest thing to get used to is carrying around an item to get it to where you need it. Okay? It's funny because like, often the mummies don't even bug you that much. 
Sometimes they're on. Not you. true. No, I mean, like for example, they will they will farm they will camp an item that you need, and it's incredibly frustrating. No, no. On the third level, you've got to dig this big hole, okay? And it's to get these two gems. Yeah. All right. You have to plan how to get multiple. Yeah, like probably it takes probably about four or five pickaxes to get this thing out of here. Okay? Right. And so uh, that one was incredibly <laughs> frustrating. Yeah, because you—it's it, it, getting and the, the mummies weren't even an issue. Uh, it's just getting the axes up there. It's all picking, at the right spot. Yeah, it's picking then, them up with before when you need them, not before. At the right spot because it's real easy to make it. So you there you can if you have like a floating chunk of dirt, like you can't ever get it because you have to be standing beside where you dig. Right. So if there's one that's like you've dug a hole and there's more dirt out there, there's nothing on the other side, you're screwed. Start over. All right. So the digging aspect, I mean, it's real cerebral. This game, you really, yeah, it's not cerebral. you really have to think about what you're going to do. No, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, the uh, uh, the jumping, the gameplay. I had all kinds of trouble on the stairs. You know, I really did. You have to remember to hold diagonal up the whole time. Yeah. Which is, I wish they would make that where you just had to like. You know, tap the button once and it goes up or whatever. But that's not the way they did it. Uh, so that you know, that's a sign of the times too, because it was old school. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the mummies re- reconstruct after you kill them very quickly. Yes. So that gives you a little time, but not much. No, because you go. Yeah, you kill one zombie. Maybe in Mummy. a scenario, you'll kill two. Yeah. But but there's always another one hanging around. Yeah, you can get you can up your score by doing it if, if you're playing for that. Uh, this is not a score. But game. I actually thought this was a pretty fun game, if I'm honest. I, I thought it was actually quite clever. It's not. It's it's just. There's enough accident to make it not feel as puzzly, but I mean, it's pretty puzzly. It is. I mean, really, like I said, the weapon stuff is really different. It's real different. Now, I'm not too keen on these games, like uh, where you can get stuck and you have to kill yourself. It's not my favorite. But it didn't happen to me tons in this. Most of them, I would just. Start over the level because I just knew I could win. Well, yeah, if you have unlimited lives from cheating, I guess well, it's no, not I, so I'd bad. Save states, not unlimited lives. Le- so, uh, well, I mean, I want this. Listen, I got a limited amount of time. You know how it goes. Uh, but I like the idea that some of the levels are multi-screen. That's a flip screen. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Once I, like I figured that. out that was a thing, which it's it's pretty easy to tell because they will draw a wall on the edge of the screen if right. it's not. Uh, you just. And level one is not one, and then level two is one. So you didn't, you don't expect it. Yeah, uh, I like. This but there's guy. nothing wrong with it's that. It's got good. It's yeah. got a tune that plays, and it's not, it's a good tune. It's okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, given you know the, the time. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I thought it was a real good tune, uh, and overall, I enjoyed this game uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty much. Uh, how would I, I enjoyed it more than your game. I would say I laughed a lot harder than my, your game, but that's not necessarily a good thing. This, I, I found this game pretty fun, but it is very challenging, <laughs> that's for sure. This is not my type of game. I I mean, I play Load Runner, but I don't really... I, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to play that type of game. Yeah. I'm um, not the biggest Load Runner fan either. And, and this does have Load Runner feel way more than it has Tutankhamun feel. Uh, from the arcade, uh, I understand where someone would say they're they're you know it's a spiritual successor and all that good jazz. Uh, I enjoy Tutankhamun way more than this. Um, this is fun, way more puzzly than Tutankhamun. Fun factor. Yeah. I'm not talking 
is the game good? Is the game bad? I'm talking totally on fun factor. I enjoy boxing more. No, this is on. not boxing is not a better game. This is way better. It, than it, this is way better than boxing. I didn't. Do you hear the words uh, that I speak? Fun factor. Yes. You would play this over and over. You'd play boxing once or twice. That's that. So uh, but which is more? Here's fun. the thing, Aaron. I wouldn't play this over and over. I play. Did I play this for longer? Yes, because it took longer for me to have success at this game, which means it has more longevity. Right. If I was going to own one game or the other, I would own Kings Valley because it has way more longevity, and I would improve. I feel positive I would improve. But for the scenario of this show, you have a couple hours to play both games. I had more fun playing boxing than I did playing this because there are elements of this game that are frustrating. The, the the not being able to jump, forcing you to dig, the dig being a, a little out of whack. I didn't personally have problems with the stairs, but I can certainly see where someone would. Uh, <coughs> the erratic nature of some of the mummies. Now, I know the, you, you're right. They are programmed in like Pac-Man Ghost. Yeah, they, cool. ha- they have their I own like little uh, 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 way of fighting. But I just didn't have fun with this. There was not enough there to compel me to want to get better. I thought it was fun. I think it's actually a clever game. I recommend everyone try it uh, if, if you get a chance. I think this is a... Uh, I'm not going to go as far as say it's a hidden gem. There were things I would This like, was not a hidden there gem. There were things I'd like... I would, oh, give me a break. Listen, this game is hugely popular. I, I believe overseas. that. With all that said, there were things that I think could have made it more... Again, these are t- contemporary things, but I think there are things that could have made this a little more fun for a modern audience. The ability to control your jump, the ability to control as you fall, these things would have helped. But the problem is that as this game is programmed, those would have defeated the game. Yes. Right? Because the game is built on the system it's built on. Right. I also think that the, the difficulty curve in this is all out of whack. Level one is literally, it doesn't teach you, it shows you how you can throw a dagger. It doesn't teach you anything about pickaxes. And, and, and says, there are none on that level. I know. And it just says collect the gems. And then level two is such a huge jump in difficulty because you have to strategically dig. You have to, you have to, a limited number of pickaxes. It's got the, the flip screen. It's such a boost. That is another thing that probably killed this game for me. There was no steady incline in 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 difficulty. It was super mega easy, learn the controls, and then punched you in the face. I didn't think level two was all that bad. You, I, yeah, right. I guess Listen, if you can cheat. Now, I guess when you're, uh, I didn't cheat level two. That was easy money, brother. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Maybe you need to, you know. Maybe your reflex is a doll or something. Listen. So I looked at a couple of reviews from this. Uh, and I'm uh, sure they were spectacular. Viciojuegos.com, which I'm assuming is a not English site, gave us 89%. Uh, Mini Rever gave good. it a 70%. And Backlog gave it an 80%. Uh, so I think those numbers are maybe a little low. I, I would give uh, it, I think 70% is, is a perfect. 70? That's yeah. way too low. That's a C. This is above average title. No, the, the, uh, seven, 7 out of 10, I think that's a very no. fair score for this game. I think this, this is game. A, a B game. I think it may be a B plus. I think, the, I think it has B mechanics, but I think it, the the level design and and some of the flaws we mentioned bring it down. Let's hear what the people had to say, uh, the Brent. 
Pajaco chimed in. Uh, this is an incredibly fun and innovative game that has traditional platform game elements, but also some puzzle action, too. The enemies are what I can only describe as some of the most terrifying 8-bit video game enemies ever created. That pink money that mummy that runs at, uh, at you is the stuff of nightmares. You probably didn't see him. It's a tough game from the start, but it didn't feel cheap. I really like how much life the developers managed to cram into the characters, and the music is catchy without being annoying. The only issue with the game, specifically the Zemix, is that it's possible to soft-lock the game, as we mentioned. And with no keyboard to hit the suicide button, you have to reset the game and restart. So I'm docking it a point for that. But it's still a fantastic must-play. 8 out of 10. P.S. The game will work great on any system, so homebrewers get cracking. Trust me, they did. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, uh, Bo chimed in on this one. The MSX continues to surprise and delight. It's kind of a glimpse but, but into an alternative nice. future where the NES could have been replaced by a computer that had both an extensive disc and cartridge library. Kings Valley is an excellent example oh. of where the scene was in 1985. A solid single-screen platform title that offers plenty of challenge and stage-by-stage -stage variety with a jaunty tune that doesn't grate and competent sound effects. I appreciate the reusable weapon, Something not found often in games this time. And the lack of fall damage. The only problem I had with this game was finding the exact spot to stand on to go downstairs. All in all, though, an excellent effort on an oft-overlooked platform. Huh. Looks like they're with me on this one, Brent. I didn't say this a was popular, a bad game. A popular title with our, our uh, friends on this one. Now... You're probably asking yourself... I didn't say this was a bad game. You're, you're asking yourself, I don't know what's wrong with Brent, but <laughs> why hasn't this been ported to more things since it's so popular? Well, I've got good news. Uh, this actually has been unofficially <clears throat> ported to many things. Uh, on March 29th of 2021, there was an Amiga version released as a uh, Blitz Basic hobby project, and you can get that for... Uh, I, no, I take that back. I don't think it's for free. It might be. You can look into it. It's an Amiga version. There's an unofficial port on the ZX Spectrum made in 2009 by RetroWorks. And in 2020, there was an unofficial remake on the C64. I looked at the C64 version. It looks great. Yeah. It's got all the C64 stuff you would expect, but they kept the game pretty much intact. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, so that's also one you can look into. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed this one, Brent. I had a good time. So what did you think, as we close up shop here, what did you think on the about the Zemex uh, VCPC51? Well, you know, I would love to get my hands on one of those controllers. Yeah. They look fun as heck. Yeah, they actually they have a suction cups on them. I mean, yeah. you look to the bottom, they got two buttons. They look quite nice. Yeah, they, they match the color of the Zemex. Yeah, they look like a, a good oh. arcade-style controller. That reminds me. Just for fun, I did a little uh, eBay look on these. Right. So, Kings Valley, by the way, uh, if you're looking to get into it, uh, these things these things cost a fortune, as you can imagine. Uh the the Kings Valley had a sequel. I should mention Kings Valley Two, and it goes for big money uh, as well on there. Uh, I, these things are a thousand bucks, complete in box. Yeah, that okay? seems to be the going right. If you're interested in picking up a Zemix, you might if you, you might as well pick up all the cartridges because clearly you're wealthy <laughs> if you decide to do that. 
because they are uber expensive. I looked up uh, the price of the actual console itself. So, if you would like a ZMX, good luck. There, I couldn't find any for sale. If you would like a ZMX Mini, right, which has a, a bunch of ZMX or MSX games on it, I think there's 20. You can get one, two different colors, red or white, for 200 bucks. Then you got to pay for the shipping from South Korea, which is going to cost you another 60, 70 bucks. So they're not expensive. Now, the one thing that you might, expensive. One thing you might want to go for uh, is the is, uh, one thing. I thought this was cute. I almost bought one until I looked at the price. There's a Zemex cushion plush doll. It looks just like the Zemex, but it's plush. It's a keychain. If you like that sort of thing, those are only 40 bucks. <laughs> then you got to pay 60 bucks shipping. So 100 bucks. <laughs> but they're plush. I'd like to have a plush Zemex. Uh, to have hanging around the house. And then if Brent mentioned these, so I'll go into it. Does uh, it the, the console is a pleasing home plate design. It does look like a home plate. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in any, any of the Zemix offspring, like the Superboy, all those things, this, just to give you a heads up on what those games for, most of the cards go for around 100 bucks, but the more popular cards, that Super Game World 64 or whatever it is, Fifteen hundred U.S. dollars. That ain't cheap, brother. Uh, the Zimix is going to set you back. I would love to have an MSX, by the way, and love to have one, but they don't look as cute. No, as the yeah. Zimix does. The Zimix is one <clears throat> sweet-looking uh, baby. I enjoyed our time on this one. I enjoyed learning about it, and I enjoyed everything about it. Now, Aaron, if you had a broken Zimix, do you think that you could send it to Retro Rewind to get it fixed? Man, I. <laughs> If anyone can fix it, it would be our good buddy Frank. And why is that? Because Frank, a man with years and years of experience, and the good thing about it, something like a Zemix is it's basically electronics, brother. Yep. And I looked at the inside of the Zemix, thanks to the boat. It's not much to it. One board, a cartridge slot, so probably so. But Frank goes well beyond the limits of the Zemix. If you've got anything in the Commodore 64 family, the Commodore 128, the uh, Amigas, the CD32s, the CDTVs, the entirety of the Commodore line, the VIX. Frank has got you covered. Not only does he provide service on these, if they're not working correctly, you can send them up there. He also provides uh, you the ability to fix your own machine. Yes. With diagnostic tools, diagnostic cartridges, replacement caps, chip pullers, the whole nine yards. On top of that, Frank's got a full service store that includes uh, accelerator boards, includes things like SD solutions, like the Kung Fu Flash, and if you've got a TRS-80 color computer, and if you don't, you should get one. He provides full service on those, including selling the very popular SDC. I'll be seeing Frank, by the way, along with John, Boat of Car Schaller, when we attend Coco Fest in a couple months. Absolutely. That's our good buddy Frank at RetroRewind.ca. Please, go over there, tell him we sent you. Now, Aaron, yes, sir. we've got a little wheel action we need to talk about. All right, about. what do you got there? Uh, added to the wheel in the Retro Rewind space, Yes. black and white games. One oh. of our least popular episodes of I'm all time. I'm glad to see you bringing that back because that pinball machine I covered has a sequel. <laughs> and for the uh, new piece... Urban Legends, Aaron. Urban Whoa, Legends. Who suggested that? Mr. John Schaller. Oh, okay. Well, in-house. All right. Hold it right over there so it gets out of the glare. There you go. Let's see this thing go. Over that way. 
we have the microvision. The mi oh, oh, that's outstanding. Uh, that is great. Microvision. That was suggested by, by me. Yeah. Because I can't believe we covered it. Microvision literally, what if not the first handheld, one of the first handheld. And next week on the show, we'll cover two Microsoft uh, Microvision tiles, and I'll actually bring here in house. I will bring the Microvision. Something tells me, Aaron, the game selection already complete. Yeah, because we actually got the two games for this thing, including one that I've never opened. So that's gonna be go that's gonna be great. I'm so happy that that came up, Brent. Yeah, Microvision. That's a system no one talks about. And I've gonna, got, I'm lucky enough to have one that actually sort of kind of works. And we're going to be talking about it tomorrow. Now, or next week. Not tomorrow. No, Don't no, tune no. in tomorrow. You know, uh, uh, two, we have two events drawing nigh. I'm going to talk about uh, the Brent. Uh, and just literally uh, two weeks from yesterday, February 18th, it's going to go down. It's Amigathon yes. 2023. So... If you're asking yourself, wait a minute, did you guys not just do Amigathon uh, in the summer? Correct. But we moved Amigathon to the winter to uh, uh, move it further away from Boat Fest. So we <laughs> Who, moved it to the Who's going to question that? Well, you never you're know. doing another charity stream already, you jerk. Well, I'm just saying. How dare you help the children? Because normally, it's, I can see people can be confused by the date, but we moved it to February. Plus, there's nothing going on in February. We already raised, thank you, Tech Boy, for mentioning it. We already raised 1,250 uh, wigwams, US yeah. dollars. I want to thank all the people that have donated. I want to thank Frank for matching the first 500 bucks. Yes. Everyone that's donated, we'll be sure to mention you uh, when we get the uh, whole thing cooking. Again, this will be uh, February 18th, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, live from Boat's basement. Yep. Me, you, and Boat for 12 hours. Of nothing uh, but hot, hot, incredible, hot Amiga action. And if you want to donate right now, you can go to Amigathon.com. It will link you to the uh, uh, donation page. No one here ever touches that money. It goes straight no. into the uh, donation kitty. Yeah. So if you want to donate early so you, don't, you can just sit back and chill for the rest of the stream, yeah. go right ahead. If... You are not able to donate. Don't think you can't come around. Come on around. If you want to help out, invite some buddies. Uh, yeah. Get a, you know, spread the word about Amigathon. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, we're going to be going 12 hours live on this very Twitch channel, uh, Amigos Retro Gaming, starting at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Should be a lot of fun. Now, I want to touch on one more thing. This is the last time I get to plug this. Uh, next, this coming Saturday, which is the 11th, Brent, uh, myself. Uh, the round mound of sound, Amigo Aaron, joined by Professor Wrestling, Tim Legg, and the Southern Dandy, John Bud of Karchar. We will be live from the India Center in South Charleston for Battleground Wrestling. It's going to be a heck of a show, headlined by Bobby Fish, the infamous Bobby Fish being the main event. Should be a great show, uh, and we're going to be broadcasting this show free on our Twitch channel live live from the India Center, so you'll see me, Boat, and Professor Wrestling, Tim Legg, uh, calling all the action. Uh, so if you're interested in some local, low-level indie fun, uh, please stop by and check that out. Again, this will be uh, next, uh, it'll be this coming Saturday, the 11th of February. It'll probably kick off around 7 p.m. I think, the Brent, that that is all we've got. Do you have any parting thoughts we take to the house? Nope. Fair enough. We'll see you next week for the Microvision. And until next time, day. Woo! 
Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Chris Munch. Ryerland. 17. <laughs> Laron Garut. Templar Mar. Z9K9. Jerry Dennington. John Dykeman. Retroalogy. Airshack. Texas Foosballer. Sundown. O'Rong. Super Tech Boy. David Terrence. Mr. B. Roushy. Graham. W. Betke. Dave. Velociraptor. Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rasmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Saloon, Richard Smith, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.